Welcome back into the Shots Aside podcast. I'm your host, Alex, the gazelle running, LeBron loving, NBA stat stuff in Erickson. I am joined once again by Matt, the Mamba Grunge Runge Rungi. And also we have Adam, the Lucky Prize Picks Leprechaun Erickson. Uh, great to be joined by you guys today. How you guys feeling? Uh, I was muted before, but now I'm back. And I'm better than ever. Well, I'm glad you guys are doing good. <laughs> I'm also good if you weren't wondering now that I'm unmuted. No, I'm 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 glad you're on me now. How's your prize fix doing? Um, not great. Not great. Well, I mean, I guess your nickname doesn't live up to your actual prize picks winnings. You know why? Is because I thought I'd listen to my bigger brother for once. Didn't work. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't listen to him ever. That's yeah. <laughs> me neither. That's you made a big mistake on that one. Yeah, usually I don't, but today I did. <laughs> Well, well, we'll work on it. I mean, you got a lot of chances to come back in your prize fix winnings. But uh, today we got a special Minnesota Timberwolves podcast for you guys today. Um, we're really excited about this one, I guess a little bit because Timberwolves aren't really doing that great. Um, so currently the Wolves are 10th in the Western Conference Conference at a record of 16 and 17 um, as of this podcast right now. Uh, you have to ask yourself, ask all of us, I guess, but um, how does this team improve? Is it be, you know, due to, you know, some of their players being injured coming back as in cat Carl Anthony towns? Um, is it Kyle Anderson? Is it, you know, some of these other players that aren't playing Torian Prince who hasn't played in quite a while. Um, personally, I think it's, you know, the defensive side of the ball, you know, they're giving up 117 points per game which uh, it's not like if you want to be a playoff team in the Western conference, uh, giving up 117 points per game is just way too high. Uh, If you want to be in that, you know, top five range, you got to be around, I'd say around 110, 111 points per game, especially with how much fluctuation uh, points have kind of skyrocketed over the past, you know, couple of years in the NBA, NBA, I think 10, 110, 111 is, is a good range to be at. Um, but it, it's going to be a test for these wolves. I mean, the next 10 games, uh, stretch is going to be tough for them. They already played Chicago, which they beat, which was a nice win. They beat Dallas once, uh, they lost, uh, the second game against Dallas, which me and Adam were a part of great game to, to go to not a lot of offense. We kept them uh, pretty low in the scoring um, area of things, but uh, we just couldn't get the offense flowing that game. Um, we just played Boston, lost to Boston. Uh, great, great first through third quarter, but the fourth quarter, uh, you, you could really tell that Boston was a way better team than than we were. Um, but coming up, tough stretch with Miami. You got the Bucks um, and and a handful of other good teams that. Um, are going to make it tough for the Wolves. My question to you guys is just, um, would you guys be happy with the Wolves being around 500 over these next 10 games? Hell no. We, on paper, we should be a way better team. Um, Obviously, we're, I don't want to say that Cat is our whole team, but we're really missing Cat right now. I'm not going to lie. If we have Cat, 
for all these up these past games, I think we win more than we lose. And that's the thing. We're missing all that scoring that we usually get from Cat, and we're we're giving all that to, to Ant. And Ant's only a second-year player, so he can only do so much for us right now, especially only having Rudy Gobert as our, our second star. And he's not a scorer. He's, he's supposed to just lock down the defense, get those boards. And I've, I've been hoping to see a little bit more from Russ, D'Angelo Russell. Every, every, every other game we'll see some like good scoring prowess from him, but it's, it's never enough to win us the game. And that's, that's why I think uh, missing cat is uh, really doing us a, a disfavor here. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more with that. I think, I mean, just even just looking at the schedule, like up ahead, we, we're on a road trip right now. Um, we played the Celtics tonight, took that fat L. Um, then our next three games are against all playoff teams and good playoff teams at that in the Miami Heat, the Pelicans, and the Bucks. Um, and then... Hopefully, we get the win against the Pistons at home. And then we have three tough games right after that against the Nuggets, Blazers, and Clippers. So, I mean, and I I don't believe Cat will be back for any of this, like, seven-game stretch coming up here. Um, I mean, we could be in some deep water if we go, like, one and five in the stretch or like two and two and five. Like, I mean, the West is a, it's tight race. And you know that like with the Warriors behind us, like they're itching for one of those spots too. Um, you know, things, things could be, get dicey if the cat doesn't get back pretty soon. Um, and not even just cat, like guys that like glue guys like Kyle Anderson and, and uh, Tori and Prince make a difference too. Like you can see like the difference in like games like tonight. Like we were like, I don't know if we were exactly tied, but it was definitely a close game at the end of the third quarter. Um, and then we just got blown out in the fourth quarter. And I think part of that's like the lack of depth is like, I mean, 2022 about to be 2023. I, I don't think, you want to be playing Austin Rivers big minutes. Um, I don't think like it's nothing against him. It's just like I feel like there we need more depth, like in terms of um, like high end talent. And I think obviously Cat's been an all star, and Cat's a great player. Um, right. Not having him hurts, even if sometimes he does have lapses on the defensive end, but just like his the offensive presence he has is just um, definitely like much needed in certain situations. Cause like, I mean, like just tonight, like D'Lo taking like a fadeaway three over Cornette for no reason when we're only down by five is just <laughs> unreal. It's, it's, ridiculous. it's one of those shots that you just like drop your jaw at. You're like, why the hell did you just take that? Um, I don't know. I don't know if he ended up scoring, but like for a large amount of the second half too, like D'Lo didn't score at all. 
um, after having a great first half. So that's where like somebody like Towns can come in and pick up that extra scoring. But I won't. I won't be all all doom and gloom though. I think you know just even sticking with a team like the Celtics shows that we are capable of it. I think it's more just making sure we play a full 48 minutes. Um, I don't know. Do you agree with any of that? or? Yeah, I mean, just going off of some of your points, I mean, especially the D'Lo point of the game going against the Celtics that we just watched, 18 first-half points followed by three second-half points. Um, <laughs> you'd love to see him make a little bit more in the second half. Uh, especially in that fourth quarter, it looked like he was forcing a lot of shots. I think he went 0 for 3 on on threes, uh, combined 0 for 5 shooting in that fourth quarter, which um kind of surprising because y- you would have thought he would have con- continued to carry that over from the first half and uh, kind of build off of that good first half he had. Um, we mentioned inj- injuries a little bit with um, – some of the players missing. Another player that we're also missing, Jordan McLaughlin. Um, we're definitely missing that good point guard backup that can come in there and just run the offense instead of having to have somebody like, you know, Jalen Noel or Anthony Edwards always have to run the offense. Uh, it, it makes it a little bit tougher for this Timberwolves offense to kind of get their flow going. Uh, I've noticed that's been a huge, huge thing for them is just especially in the half court, it seems like they always kind of get stuck um, trying to figure out what they're doing. Um, transition, I have no problem with. Transition, they're always, um, you know, it doesn't happen a lot. and We haven't had a lot of transition. Um, but uh, when it does happen, it, it usually ends in somebody scoring or getting a wide open three on the other end. Um, you mentioned Cat, Matt. Um, Before we move on, just to, talk about the transition like I I agree with the transition it's more like the defensive transition was just flat out awful tonight like get it when you let up when you're on the road and you let up like easy transition dunks and that get the crowd into it I just feel like those are like those are more effort plays to me like getting back in transition and knowing that like the Celtics are a team that like everybody else breaks ahead and they know that there's good passers on their team. And I think it, it kind of shows like the lack of like maturity of some of the players too, just like, right. right. Or a lack of experience, maybe not maturity, but like just knowing that like a, a season team, like the Celtics are going to get out and like, you have to be ready for that and like jump passing lanes and stuff like that. But I just wanted to throw that in there too. Cause I, I, I like our offensive transition game. I thought we do a really good job in that. Like, we we do a nice job of attacking uh, lanes and spreading the floor well. Um, just more on defense. I think we could really like improve on that area. Yeah, that's a very uh, good in, point. in transition. Very good point, um, Adam. I just wanted to ask you. Uh, Matt mentioned it a little bit, but we all know Cat's going to be out for a long time. Uh, I think he's going to be out for maybe another two to four weeks. Um, I've heard a lot of news from people in the, not in the organization, but a lot of fans in Minnesota, uh, having questions about what towns means to this Minnesota squad. Um, there's been a lot of fans that have brought up possible trades that we could make, um, to maybe get cat out, get somebody 
else in because they've liked what they've seen out of people like Nas Reed and and Rudy Gobert so far. Are you one that thinks that we need to trade Cat, or are you one that thinks we should probably hold on to him and see what we have out of this team? I want to I want to hear your viewpoint on this. But here's the thing: since we drafted Cat, Cat's been our our offensive leader since day one. He's been the leader of the team from ground zero. So for us, even thinking about trading Cat, like as much as Cat is worth to the Minnesota Timberwolves, he's worth more to us than any other organization. Because nobody that we could possibly trade for could match what Cat can bring for us in terms of how he can bring together the team, how he can score, and how he can lead. And don't get me wrong, Pat wasn't the best leader early on in, in, in his years in, in the Timberwolves. But as, as I've seen from the past like couple of years, he's growing more and more of a leader and more and more of the face of the franchise. Because Cat, I mean, Cat's way more of a face of the franchise than Ant will be for probably the next couple years, two or three years, I'd say. Don't get me wrong, I love, love Ant. Ant's a great, great player, and I'm glad that Timberwolves drafted him. But Cat's the leader of the team. So without Cat, like, we're kind of like running wild here. We don't really know what we're like. We kind of are going through the motions. So just like what we saw in Boston here, um, like we've played great. I mean, I wouldn't say great basketball, but we played what we needed to play against Boston through the first and third quarter. And then once when the fourth quarter happened, we just looked like we were lost. Like we had no, you know, motivation and then and then it was like late in the fourth quarter we saw a bunch of backdoor passes and then we couldn't guard it for no reason i don't know i don't know if you saw that or not but they'd get i think it was three three possessions in a row back like like backdoor passes easy points for the boston celtics and then another thing is three straight yeah no, exactly. And then another thing is, I don't want to put it all on coaching, but I said it last year in the playoffs. Chris Finch needs to know when to call a timeout, when to regroup, and then when to run plays. You know, and that's I. That's another thing is that's why I think our team is a little bit in turmoil is because we don't really we're not well coached. We kind of just let our players do the coaching and and playing the game. Yeah, I mean, we were sitting here watching the game for like five minutes straight, and me and Matt were just looking at each other like, why the why the fuck have they not called the timeout in the past like seven minutes of this game when Boston started taking it over? Like it was, I think we were up by two points after Nas Reed three, and then they went on like a ten zero run. No timeout after that in the span of like three minutes. Uh, Like you pointed out, Adam, they had three backdoor passes on us that contributed either dunks or layups, which extended the lead to about, I think, like 15 or 16. And by that point, (laughs) why call a timeout then now? Because you should have called a timeout at least three minutes ago. And that 
totally ruined the the flow of the game. It ruined any chances the Wolves had of coming back and winning this game and stealing one from Boston. But I think it's a good it's a good point that you made with Cat. I think I think I agree with you. I think we have to wait and see when Cat comes back and you know if he fits in with Gobert. If he, because we've seen out of Cat, he's a good passer. He can make those passes uh, to, you know, all around the court to Rudy. He can pass out. Um, sometimes he makes those dumb, those dumb turnovers that we hate to see. But I mean, just going by my nickname, I just want to spit out some facts before I spit, send it back over to Matt. But uh, the Wolves were ten and eleven uh, when Cat played with us. Uh, ranked 19th in offense, 14th in defense. Um, and it really hasn't changed much with Cat being off the floor. We're 6-6 six and six, uh, with uh, without Cat. And I think our offense has boosted by one overall ranking. And our defense has stayed the same. So um, not much has changed with Cat being off the floor. Um, Adam, you wanted to add something real quick? No, you you said you know how how can you know Cat mesh well with Rudy and all the other people, but I don't think that's the fact. Like that's the thing. I think Rudy has to match Cat's you know play because Rudy he's he's brand new to this whole system. Cat's been playing this system for what almost ten years now. Not quite, not quite, but I, it's almost, but. Yeah, not quite, but that's what I'm saying. Like, this is Cat's team, and Rudy needs to fit well in with everyone else. Which I think Rudy can fit in with any team. No, he's doing like he's doing what he needs to do in terms of you know rebounds. You know, not every game he's he's on point, but as expected, like we I didn't expect the Timberwolves to come out guns a blaze and to start the season. Like this is practically a brand new group. We've pretty much refaced the whole organization. So like we're still in the, you know, you know, baby steps phase. We're we're still trying to figure out our identity for the rest of the season. Yeah. And, but the the thing is to take this over the top and take it this to the next step past the first round of which we should have beat Memphis in. But Matt, I want to get your viewpoint real quick on on what you think of this cat injury, what you think um the next step is to kinda, you know, manage the, the stables in sorts and, and make this team kind of flow at, before he comes back. Yeah, I mean I don't know if there's really a lot like we can do, like aside from like getting some guys healthy, like even just role players like J Mac and um, Torian Prince. I mean, Prince was shooting the best out of the whole entire team to start the year. Um, so that definitely hurt not having him. Um, I think what, one thing that we could do is like, obviously I know there's going to be like growing plan, growing pains with playing a rookie, but I, I really think we should start to play Wendell more at least 10 minutes per game, just to at least get him like in the flow. Like, when he plays like four to five minutes, I feel like, I mean, just knowing as like having played basketball, like ourselves, like it's tough to get in any sort of like rhythm when you're not playing like at least a decent amount of minutes. Like we've even seen like this year, like guys like struggle that like Jabari Smith, like one of the best rookies in in the league, um, top three pick 
struggle like getting like big minutes like rookies are going to struggle and we have to be okay with that like because we know that it'll be better for like the future of us um so i think just maybe getting him a few extra minutes would be nice um i know he, he struggles on the offensive end but i think defensively like he could be huge for us if he ends up um you know like developing a little bit more um also like something that could maybe like help weather the storm would be if uh mcdaniels got a little bit more involved offensively or was like a little more like aggressive um i'd almost rather see that over delo i'd rather see delo as a distributor because he's the best distributor on the team um and nobody else really has that ability to the same extent that he does so like it'd be nice that he if he was more like kind of like uh, he's obviously not Chris Paul but like if he was more like Chris Paul like in terms of like getting other people going before he like tries to look for his shot you know like uh just knowing like situations and stuff like that but... I see I see your viewpoint on that but like I mean it seems like when D'Lo vis- or facilitates a lot more uh his turnover rate also goes up a little bit more i this is where i wish we still had somebody like tyus jones still on our team because he's a huge high assist guy low turnover rate guy so i mean and this is where somebody like uh jordan mclaughlin comes in because before his injury i think we were a plus 16.6 net rating in 525 possessions with him on the court um and i think it was pretty close to the same net rating when him and D'Lo were on this on the court at the same time as well. Um, so that's offense and defense mixed together, uh, bringing into your net rating. And that's, that's huge. Um, with both of them off the court, minus 8.6 net rating. So you can already see where some of that offensive flow kind of gets distributed, uh, not as equally as you would like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that too. I think another thing too is like knowing like when to like have like rotations like in pivotal points of the game because like in this in this game like too um, like we took Rudy Gobert out and they instantly got like multiple offensive rebounds which absolutely killed us and just just knowing the situation that like you're on the road in a very close game like. <laughs> like Rudy Gobert can he can play those minutes like uh you know, even if even if he's tired like he, he's like on like like in this particular game he was like five inches taller than anybody else on the court so like having somebody out there like that helps especially like knowing that like our guards are terrible rebounders um that that's probably one of like the biggest parts like I've always kind of thought this about like the wolves is that like one of our biggest flaws is that our guards are so bad at rebounding. It's like unreal to a certain extent, like how bad they are at rebounding. Um, Cause like, if you look at like even somebody like Steph Curry rebounds and it's like, if Steph Curry can rebound, D'Lo can rebound. Okay. <laughs> like right, right. if Steph Curry can rebound six foot 10, Jaden McDaniels can rebound. Okay. <laughs> And it's it's and I think that comes down to like effort a little bit to a certain extent. It's like 
just like if you watch like uh Memphis, like watch a Memphis game and they'll have guys out and it's just their culture that they hustle towards loose balls, that they, they box out hard. Like they don't even have to have jaw in every game. They they were just missing Desmond Bain for a, a couple games too, and they still look fine because they just know what it takes to win. You have to hustle to the ball, you have to box out and those little things matter in in close games. Um, and I think that's how like you grit out some close games too. And it, which is kind of funny too, because like the game that we beat Memphis, we did all that stuff because we hate Memphis. <laughs> so, so like, it's like, you just got to play with like intensity and like, you can't just have it like be just when you play Memphis, just because you want to be Memphis. Like it's got to be like every night. Cause we've seen firsthand, like, the Spurs have beat us twice this year. OKC has beat us. The Hornets have beat us. Like, these are games that, like... Spurs beat us twice. Yeah, and, like, these are games that, like, looking back on... I think Indiana might have beat us, too, once. I'm not sure, but... I think they did, yeah. Maybe. OKC's... I mean, yeah. yeah and a number so, of but, these bad teams have those beat are, us. Those are games that you, like, look back on and be like, we need to win those games. And it, it comes down to hustle in those, because... Not nothing against like some of those teams, like especially like the Spurs. Like we're way more talented than the Spurs, and it really just comes down to hustling, like to loose balls. But right, and that was super early in the in the season two, and we were trying to work out that Rudy Gobert situation trade that we got. And like your point, though, like I think a lot of these guards are looking at Rudy like, hey, this is our savior. Like, he's going to rebound all these boards for us, and we don't have to worry about rebounding at all. Very good point. You also mentioned something about rotations and stuff, too. I like that point. Um, I've done a little bit of research lately on the Wolves, um, just looking at some of their coverages and stuff. Um, one of the things that kind of was glaring for me is, we. I mean, I looked at last year's playoffs, um, when we had cat as our center cat would do a lot of hedging. So he would just hedge. We'd either double team or we'd have the guard switch off onto the bigger man uh, with cat out and Rudy as our center. Rudy does a lot of this drop coverage. So he'll, he's not coming up to hedge the, the ball, the point guard or shooting guard. He's not coming up to guard one of those. He's showing he's going to help. He's dropping coverage and making sure he protects the paint. This is huge because if you don't have the right guard rotation, it leaves a lot of three-point looks open on the outside for opposing teams. And we've seen a lot of this happen for the Timberwolves. We've given up so many, so many wide-open three-point looks. Um, Just, for example, this Boston Celtics game, late in the game, I mean, Jalen Brown, I think he had four or five threes in the fourth quarter that I, I I would bet two or three of them were wide open. And uh, it really just, it, for one, it got Boston's crowd going. TD garden was, was, was roaring. And two, it got at Jalen Brown going because before that he was doing terrible. Um, Adam. And I mean, how, how was this? How do we fix something like this? Do, do we, because we can't have Rudy Gobert go up and hedge every time because that's going to lead to more wide-open threes or it's going to open up the lane for, you know, wide-open layups and dunks. That's why I've been preaching this since last year's playoffs. It, it comes down to coaching. Like, 
the players will get you where you need to go, but like you need great coaching for them to do what you need to do. So that's why you brought up a great point. Like Cat plays a certain way. He'll head and then Rudy he's gonna drop. So if we know that 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 cat's not gonna be in the game, obviously for a while now. That's that that comes down to our coaching. Our coaches need to be like, all right, hey, so we need to instead of have Rudy come up and then you know the other team's gonna get way easier points on us. We need to figure out something else. So either a wing needs to come in and help, or a guard needs to come in and help. We need way better help defense for one because Rudy he needs to. He's a, a mid, he's going to guard the elbow and inside. That's it. You're, never, you're not going to have Rudy guard the, the perimeter at all. Because at all. then you're going to have weak, weak points in the defense and all that. So that's, that's another reason why, like why we're missing Cat a lot. Because Cat lo- loves to guard the, the perimeter and the, and the mid. Cat's never been a good you know, post-defensive player. And we've known that for years. That's why we got Rudy, is to guard the inside and obviously just to bolster our defense, which was well needed. I know, but it's frustrating. Like, how many wide-open corner threes did Al Horford get? I know you're happy about that because you have him on your fantasy team. I totally get that, Adam. He's trying to beat me this week in fantasy. But it's frustrating when you don't have somebody – that's athletic enough to get out and guard an Al Horford in the corner when you know that's what his specialty is. You know he's in that corner when you have your guards like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Derek White, all of those players that can cut down base or either the baseline or through the middle, and Rudy's going to be in the paint so that you can kick out to somebody like Al Horford who is a career... 35 plus three point shooter from the corner. That's I mean, tough. Let's let's be honest. Um, this game we we did not match up well at all against Boston. So I'm I'm actually surprised we put up a great fight through the first three quarters. But you know it all came down to that last fourth quarter, and then Boston just takes us apart like we were we were nothing. And. And like I said, it comes down to coaching. Like, you can't stick with the same plan throughout the whole game. And you need to, you know, when how to call timeouts. And that's why I think Chris Finch, like, a lot of people, they love they love him. But, like, I, I don't, if we don't make the playoffs or if we get bounced first round, I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Finch is on his way out. And I'd, I'd welcome a new coach, honestly. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, it's it's a good point. Um, I want to move on a little bit to maybe some brighter points. Um, somebody who really needs to stay at a high rate, be consistent with his play, um, be older than his age is, is Anthony Edwards, the Ant-Man. Um, he's been really showing out lately. Um, and I think this is, you know, he just had like a 35 point game not too long ago. Uh, played pretty, pretty damn good against his Boston Celtics squad in the first three quarters. But Matt, is this something where 
Ant needs to take his game to a, no, a different level, or does he need more help as well? Uh, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. I think part of it seems like kind of like just like the team, like it, it seems like the best teams in the league, like it seems like they're bit like their communication is just like on a completely different level than what our teams is. And I feel like Ant's a good individual player. And I, I love Ant too. I think he's a great player all around, honestly. I don't think really he's much of the problem, but I, I think it's more just like as a whole, like the team like just doesn't communicate well. And I think that causes a lot of like defensive lapses. And at a certain point, like it's – we're integrating Gobert, but um, – you know, like, you got to start fixing those eventually. Like, um, as Adam pointed out earlier, like, they're getting so many backdoor cuts, like, on us. Like, and that really just comes down to communication, like, just knowing where people are. And then even, like, the rebounding thing, like, just because we have Rudy Gobert doesn't mean you don't box out your guy. Like, <laughs> it's not it's not like he's just, like, this – nine foot like with Mr. Extendo arms that can just like go across the lane like he still has to like rebound and box out too it's like there's other seven footers in the league that can get rebounds like um and even like what's really tough about it too is like Gobert like usually does like box out his guy really well and then like you got games where we're playing against like somebody like Moran or or um, other good guards that can rebound, like Deshante Murray or something like that. And those are where it can really kill you. Is like when the guard's coming in when and then Delo's sitting there with his, like, <laughs> hands in the air wondering why we didn't yeah, get like, the rebound. This, I'm not yeah. playing defense. There's a lot of blown coverages like that, though. Like, there's a lot of players on this Wolves team, like Jalen Noel, D'Lo, um, Austin Rivers has played good defense. I'll give him that. Uh, he shot a lot better too. But there's other players on this team that just like, they'll get blown off the first step. And then it's up to Rudy to either guard his man or help defense. But that'll leave somebody open no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree with that. It's really just like, I feel like we're, we're so close in certain games too. Like we're just like a couple hustle plays away. Like, fighting over screens when it's Derek White setting the screen. Like, it's, it shouldn't be that hard to, like, get over those screens. Um, and just even just little things like transition defense, like communicating on that. Like, if you see somebody go behind you and all four of our other players are there, you should probably get back on defense. Like, it's, <laughs> like it's common sense, too. Like, it seems like common sense to yeah. us. It does. But like when I it's mean, happening that quick, it's yeah, a little bit tougher. And I know you can you can see better on like TV, like if somebody gets behind somebody, but like <laughs> at the same time, like it's happened so many times that you're like, How are you not seeing this? Like <laughs> there's so many times I'm looking at the TV, yelling at the TV, just like, Why the fuck are you not in why aren't you over there? <laughs> it's yeah, it's ridiculous. We really it's really just transition that we have to clean up too. Cause I, I saw something like the other day that like, we're one of like the best like teams in the league defensively, like when we're in a set half court. 
um, right. scenario. Like, obviously, there's times where we get burnt, like, like you guys have said, for, like, corner threes and, like, backdoor cuts and stuff like that. But, like, as a whole, like, when we're able to get back, set our defense up, we've been really good. Um, and same thing for our offense, too, is, like, when we get down and we set up our offense, uh, we've been really good scoring the ball, too. Um, you were talking about Ant, too, like, of what he can do. Like, I think one thing that Ant's got to get better at is that, like, we don't have to stress, like, in certain points. Like, when there's 10 minutes left in the game and we fall down by eight, like, we don't have to force up a bad three. Just, like, we're not going to get eight points back in one possession. Like, you just got to, like, trust the process of, like, the, the offense and just, like, get get a nice look at a shot. Um, and I know he had Cornette on him, so he probably thought it was barbecue chicken. But, <laughs> but still. It should, it should be for anybody. It should be. But, like, sometimes you're just your shot's just a little bit off, and I think it was a little bit in that fourth quarter. So you kind of just got to get your um, – offense go in um and i i think sometimes like ant gets a little bit complacent too like i i love when he like does his euro step thing like his like move that he always does to the basket like it's almost unguardable and so he just doesn't do it sometimes he like likes to go back to that step back three and that's a tough shot for anybody even if you're a, a star player i mean we see lebron brick those all the time um, oh, <laughs> but mad for for actually putting in another LeBron diss on a I just, Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. I had just to, has to add that into. But I don't know. Those would be my biggest critiques. I think uh, Chris Finch is definitely uh, officially on the hot seat in terms of we better make the playoffs, otherwise we're going to look very very stupid giving a, a lottery pick to the Utah Jazz in one of the best draft classes in a while. Even if it's a low-end lottery pick, you saw the Pelicans win the lottery a couple years ago. Um, right. You never know. Um, so we better make the playoffs is all I'm saying. Yeah. So um, Adam and Matt, uh, we all know that Christmas is coming up. If you had one Christmas wish, one Christmas miracle for the Timberwolves, what would it be? Adam, I'll start with you. Um, you know, I would love to have this be true, but the likeliness of this happening, I actually, I, I have no clue if it's going to even be true or not, but, you know, I'm going to wish for it. If it happens, if it happens. Shoot for the stars. I shoot for the stars. You know, I know we're having, you know, a very subpar start to the season. But if we can get to the third seed in the West, bare minimum, that would that would be phenomenal. That would grab my wish right there. Even better, if we can make it to the conference finals. But like I said, hey, I'm shooting for the stars, baby. Okay, I love how you want to put that out there. Explain a little bit more deeply, though, on how this is how the Timberwolves could possibly get to a three seed, let alone reaching for the stars, getting to a conference finals. Okay, so here's the thing: any any major you know NBA team 
that goes far every single season, they always have two superstars. You know, you look at Golden State, you know, they have more than two superstars. You look at the Celtics, you look at, you know, Milwaukee, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? So we know that Cat is a superstar. We know that. He's a great player. He's an all-star. He's a leader of the team. We need that from Ant. We need that and more. We need him to be putting up like 26 points a game plus, you know, because we know Cat can do that. Cat can do that while averaging, you know, nine to 10 rebounds a game. And then on top of that, if we can get Rudy, you know, just do Rudy things, you know, 10 and 10, get us a couple blocks a game, you know, that's phenomenal. And on top of that, we need, we need our bench players to be, we need our bench players to act like they're from Golden State. Because I'm not going to lie, Golden State has one of the, Golden State right now? No, no, no. I'm talking about last year. Like okay. last year, Golden State, their bench was phenomenal. Like that's, that's what wins championships. Like I've said this before and I'll say it again. Your starters will get you to the championship, but your bench players will help you win the championship. It'd be nice if somebody like Jordan Noel could turn into like somebody like Jordan Poole. No, obviously, they Jordan Noel doesn't have the same three point ask as Jordan Poole does, but he can score it well like Jordan Poole can. I've been the biggest Jalen Noel fan from the get go. Like. He wasn't drafted. He was undrafted. Like, we picked him up out of nowhere, and out of nowhere, he became a pretty damn good bench player. But then again, like, every now and again, he'll have those games where he goes, like, two for 12, like like yesterday in a Dallas Mavericks game. But, I mean, Minnesota, like, you can't rely on your bench, and that's why we need our starters like Ant needs to be he needs to produce more. We need Cat back. You know, Rudy's doing what we need him to do. I'm not really too worried about Rudy. And then we need Jaden more block shots. Well, yeah, that would be nice. And then obviously Jaden, Jaden, you know, he's kind of a filler player. Like good defense player. He's not he's not someone who's going to give you points. Three and D. Three and D. Three and D. He'll give you like maybe ten points a game, and he'll give you some good defensive effort. But it's our bench players that really need to step it up, and they really need to set the tone for our starters. But before that even starts, like we need our starters to perform for once. Right. And another player that we really haven't mentioned much is Nas Reed. I mean, Nas Reed has played really, really well in the absence of Cat. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see when Cat comes back, can Nas Reed still be a provided boost off that bench unit? Um, but moving on, Matt, I just want to know what what your thoughts are on, you know, what your Christmas wishes for this Timberwolves squad. Well, if I'm being honest, my uh, Christmas wish would be to undo the Rudy Gobert trade. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> of course that can't happen at this point um <laughs> but when, when when could we trade him would it have to is it january or 
Oh, I we think we can trade Gobert now. It was, no, okay. Cat's the one that we can't trade because um, he just signed a new like, contract. New yeah. contract. Uh, I think for like traded players, I think you have to wait like a month or something like that. Um, but either way, I mean, like we we really can't trade him just because. Um, I mean, we have so many picks that we gave up, so like we'd look like absolute freaking idiots if we traded him. Um, so that's that's, and it's it's nothing uh even like about like Gobert like I, I think he's a good player I just don't think like it fits like the reason why like uh like Boogie Cousins and uh AD were looking like like obviously like injuries derailed that um experiment right but, that was totally different like they were actually working well together it was just when you're playing AD and Boogie 30 plus minutes with big men, the injury risk definitely hypes up a little bit. And yeah, I, I don't think it works as well. Well, especially like knowing like AD's injury history, but I'm just saying like in general, like the reason that works so well is because both guys could shoot, even if um, like AD's not like an incredible shooter, but like he can shoot um, and he's probably the best defense player in the league um, when he's healthy um, just because he, he's more mobile than Rudy Gobert is. Um, and he's, he just has crazy shot timing for blocking shots. But um, I just feel like, you know, like when you see it, the most frustrating part about like the Rudy Gobert trade isn't even like Rudy Gobert, like on the team. It's seeing somebody like, Jared Vanderbilt, who's only 23 years old, shoot 40% from three this year. And we decided we didn't want him to shoot threes last year. We decided we, we weren't even going to let him try it. Like, we have this young 23-year-old, and we're like, don't shoot. Like, you, can't, crazy. you can't learn three. <laughs> like, just try it out. Like, what what is going to hurt you from, like, trying to develop somebody? Like, I mean, we've seen somebody like Brooke Lopez develop a three later in his career. Like, people can develop threes, like, if you work hard on it. Uh, Not everybody's Ben Simmons, and they're afraid of the three-point line. Um, (laughs) And and Vanderbilt, he's not not a bad rebounder at all. No, he's just – he's solid. He's a super, like, hustle player, too. Like, I I feel like we're kind of at a, like, point where, like – I mean, we didn't get blown out by Memphis by any means. Like, we literally choked that series away. Like, we were pretty close to winning it. I feel like we – Should have been a 4-1 series, series, honestly. Yeah, I feel like we kind of – the biggest thing was, honestly, rebounds. And, like, it to me it feels like we could have traded, like, a small amount of assets for somebody like Clint Capella to, or like – Valanchunas. Or Valanchunas for, like, not very much just to, like, try to, like, you know, like – I don't know, like keep keep where we're at, but also try to improve. Um, and then, like say say we had the same roster as last year, and then brought in Kyle Anderson. Like that's so much freaking depth. And yeah, even like losing somebody like Pat Bev, like you can tell like like Pat Bev's not getting minutes like as much on the Lakers this year, and like he's not looked great at times. But part of why he looks so great on our team is because we believed in him and we had such young guys that were like, we don't have a LeBron who knows what, how to win games. 
So we is had that the first. Is that the first good thing you said about LeBron? No, I, I, I know LeBron. LeBron definitely knows how to win games. I mean, he's been to like twenty finals. He just can't win the finals. Um, <laughs> there it is. But, but Pat is that, is that full rings? Pat Pat Bev's been to the playoffs. Um, I think like every year of his career, um, except probably this year on the Lakers. Um, hey, hey. He said he wanted to come back to the Timberwolves. Yeah, uh, I'm ho- I'm hoping for. I don't know. I'm hoping for the buyout because I think that could realistically save our season. Um, yeah. Just because he's like a veteran presence, I think we're we're kind of missing that this year. But so is that is that your wish? Your my your wish miracle? would either be that or um, in the long term. I kind of just want to see this year play out, but like in the off season, I think we should definitely explore either a Trey young trade um, for, even if it has to involve uh, Carl, um, just because it'd be nice to have an elite point guard with uh, Gobert for pick and roll purposes. Um, Or another trade that I'd be like super interested in would be trading uh, towns for like Siakam and Gary Trent Jr. I feel like those two players could like really like turn us into like a, a defensive like juggernaut, and then they can also score too. Um, yeah, I mean, bringing a guy like Gary Trent back home to Minnesota, and also adding an elite uh, two-way player like Siakam would be very pivotal to changing not only the way we play, but just the entire um, outlook on this organization. I think we've had a, a lot of a lot of fans that have looked at this team as more of an offensive type minded team. And it'd be nice to kind of just, just in my preference, I'm a, I love seeing good defense. So um, I would love to see some more defense be added to this team. But, I mean, in the words of the great Mamba himself, that's a great Begram yoga stretch there. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, those are definitely stretches. Uh, it would be more like if they're frustrated like with their situation too. I feel like the the Hawks are kind of like the Timberwolves of the East in a, in a sense. I know they made the Eastern Conference Finals, but that was the biggest sham of the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals trip yeah. I've ever ever seen in my life. Um, they they beat a terrible Knicks team and then uh, beat a, a Philadelphia team that was beating itself. And Doc Rivers is a terrible coach. Shades um, oh, wow. <laughs> shots being fired. Shots being fired, but I think Philly fans would agree with me on that. They're, Philly has had so much freaking talent, and it's unbelievable that they can't get past the conference semifinals. Um, but yeah, I, I think there could be a move to be made in the off season. It would definitely have to involve Towns because I don't think too many people are looking to go up their entire future for Rudy Gobert. Um, they've saw what we did. And they will probably not make that mistake. But right. we could maybe—I mean, we could maybe get some assets for Gobert, depending on what team and if we found the right suitor. Um, but I—I I would be open to trading Towns. I, I think 
it could be worth it. But uh, I just want to see how this year plays out first. I, I want Towns to get healthy. I want other guys to get healthy and just see how it goes. Because uh, uh, I, I do feel like as soon as he got injured, too, like I thought we were starting to mesh a little bit more. Um, Towns is doing a good job of making sure that he was passing the ball like more than he uh, ever has. So I think my Christmas, yeah, game. my realistic Christmas wish would just be like for health for our team, and then maybe getting like an extra like role player or something. I do think we're kind of missing like one role player, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe a, a Crowder or something like that. Jay. Yeah, Jay Crowder, um, just like a physical guy that can. Uh, bring some defensive intensity. Um, I would even go up like Torian Prince for him just because I feel like he's more physical and um, right. Better could, defender too. And just more experience too in the playoffs and stuff like that. Um, right. But that, that would probably be my wish. Also, a Pat Bev buyout would be pretty cool. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, there's a good. Yeah. What about yours? What would yours be? No, I like your guys' uh... – your wishes. I mean, I want to stay on the positive train on this because I, I feel like a lot of this podcast, it was a lot of negative vibe that we had towards the Timberwolves just because we feel so strongly about the outcome of this team. Cause we want, we want them to do good. We really do. Um, but you know, my, I think my wish is just like Matt said for this team to stay healthy. It's so hard, so hard for, NBA teams to stay healthy throughout an entire 82 game season. So for them to just stay healthy, especially when cat comes back, hopefully he stays healthy. Um, and this entire squad does. I want, I want this whole team to come back fully healthy. Cause we're missing at least four key guys in our lineup with, you know, cat Kyle Anderson, Jordan McLaughlin, Torian Prince. Those guys are key factors to this temple squad. And we really need them if we want to make a good playoff push, especially past the trade deadline in February. So um, I'd say my my biggest wish is probably just to see this team have fun. You know, I want to see them get back to – I mean, we see Memphis. You know, they Memphis has their little dances they do. They look like they're always having fun during wins. We're watching a Memphis game right now. They're beating Phoenix by over 30 points. Uh, granted, it's without Devin Booker. Uh, their their star superstar, um, but it's it's nice to see a team like Memphis or any team in general just having so much fun playing together as one. So I'd say my wish is just to see this Timberwolves squad just you know just have fun playing together, whether they're you know winning by forty points, whether they're losing by forty points, at least having fun, showing that they care about this squad, because. I mean, there's been some instances during this season where you've seen, you know, players like Ant and uh, Rudy Gobert have some struggles. Uh, that's been a little bit fixed now that Cat's been out, which is nice. But I want I want to see this team come together. That's my big thing, um, and I really hope we see it moving forward. Um, all in all, I mean, things aren't going as bad as we thought it would go. I mean, 16 and 17. Maybe you thought the Wolves would do a lot better um, to start off the year, but uh, it's it's really not the end of the world. There's a lot of the season left to be played. Um, we got a new year starting up, 2023. 
it's going to be exciting, guys. Um, I'm really looking forward to not only the Timberwolves rest of their season, but the NBA the rest of the season because it's going to be a real good time, and we're definitely going to have a lot more podcasts coming for you guys uh, with the new year. I think I think we're going to try to do probably two to three podcasts a week. Um, Fridays, we're going to keep that going with our uh, Fantasy Fridays. Uh, I think a lot of the guys here with the crew love doing Fantasy Fridays, talking about our fantasy teams, how they're doing. Um, so that's going to be a fun aspect of our new podcast. Um, Mondays, we're going to try to keep that to, you know, weekly recaps of how teams have done during the season. And then Wednesdays, we're going to kind of, we might leave it up to you guys, the fans, to kind of give us um, anything you guys want want us to talk about going forward. Um, but we're going to kind of leave Wednesdays open to kind of talk about uh, current NBA news and and other stuff like that. But um, I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, uh, whatever you guys celebrate. Um, I hope it's a great uh, next year that you guys um, have. And I think we will do a podcast. We might have one more podcast coming up um, before the new year. Um, but until next time, guys, peace out. Peace. Hey.